Frisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having a great night. You can always reach out and be part of the show. We're about to talk Badgers. We're going to talk more Packers and hear from Giannis coming up later on in the show. Love to have you join in. 608-796-2558. And you can tweet at me uh, at Wisco Grant. I I said to start the show tonight, this is going to be the best show of the week, at least so far. We'll We'll take it to another level tomorrow, but... I'm very confident. I I love what we're talking about tonight. I'm excited for the games this weekend. And our guest, Zach Heilprin uh, from The Zone in Madison and the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Uh, Zach, first of all, thank you for joining me. But this show just keeps getting better because you actually retweeted uh, my announcement that you were coming on. And you never interact with me on Twitter, which is why I forget that sometimes you see what I tweet because you never like, you never retweet. I feel like we're making strides here. As I said off the air, it was, it was an accident on my part, of course. Uh, <laughs> would, would never just straight retweet you at all. There has to be a little bit something with it. And uh, I told you what I was going to be with it, but I'm waiting to hear what these great Badger takes that you have before I comment further. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's talk Wisconsin-Minnesota. I also want to talk recruiting because the Badgers had a big day yesterday. Um, I read about these moves through your work. You educated me. You taught me everything I know about this this signing class. So we'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. But first, Saturday's game, Wisconsin um, hosts Minnesota. Zach, morale is low right now with Badger fans, but I have hope. I'm very excited because I think the offense is going to show up this weekend because we've seen it before. The last two years, 2018, remember, Badgers were 7-5, and five, bad loss to BYU, ugly loss to Michigan Northwestern, and then they lost to Minnesota. And hope was lost. But then Paul Christ and Joe Rudolph, they pitch a beauty, and Wisconsin hammers Miami in the pinstripe bowl, right? 35-3. to Ended the season on a high note. Last year, Badgers had two losses, one to Illinois, which just sucked, and then they got blown up by Ohio State. Minnesota looks great. It's their season. And then the Badgers hammer them at TCF last year anyway. When you count out the Badgers, and when you count out Paul Christ and Joe Rudolph, they show up. And I think the offense is finally going to show up on Saturday. What do you think about that? I don't know if you saw the news or not, Grant, but Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor unlikely to play on Saturday. So who exactly is Graham Mertz going to be throwing to? And who is he going to be handing the ball to? Because Jalen Berger isn't playing either. So where is your confidence coming from that an offense that we have seen not score more than nine points okay. in the last three games? What were you doing in 1990, Grant? I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this. You weren't, you weren't close to being born. I was not existent, so yes. That, that was the last time that they went three straight games without scoring 10 or more points. That's the last time until this year. They've done that the last three weeks. I have no idea where your confidence is coming from in that offense, other than the fact that they're playing Minnesota's defense. Like, that is the only confidence that I could possibly get because I don't, unless they're planning to break something out that we haven't seen the last three weeks, and I don't know why they would, considering you think they would have gone to the bottom of the tricks, bag of tricks the last three weeks. Mm hmm. I don't see where that confidence coming from, man. I'm well, sorry. First of all, you put me in a really tough position here because now I actually have to defend the Badgers to you, which is never how our conversations go. So I need to I need to change gears. I have faith in Paul Chris. I think Paul Chris is a really good coach. And you talk about new tricks. Um, and you'll have to help me out. There was a wide receiver who was involved in a kick Devin return. Chandler. Who who was it? Devin Chandler. Okay, yeah. Devin and, Chandler. Yeah, at the end of the year, what was it two years ago or last year in the bowl game? We're like, who is this guy? Out of nowhere. Like, I think in the past they've gone to the well late in the season, haven't they? They've broken out some new tricks. I, I, I think there will be – Devin Chandler will be more involved. He uh, caught his first two passes of his career last week. And, you know, there's a chance that he is more involved. But Jack Dunn's still going to be out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Ray Deke is still going to be out there. And I like Tim Ray Deke, and I, I, I like Devin Chandler. But they're true freshmen. And – Wide receivers at Wisconsin that are true freshmen, they don't play. 
and they rarely, rarely, rarely make a big impact. Jim Ray's probably made as big an impact as a true freshman in the last hmm, like ten years, and it hasn't been that big of an impact. So I just I, I think it's asking a lot of uh, this. All I, I think it's asking a lot and expecting a lot to think that they're going to come out and bust out. They may, yeah. But I just I, I just don't see it. You I know, mean, usually if they don't have a running game or a passing game, they can count on the running game. They can't do that right now. Yeah, it's it's a bummer that Jalen Berger got hurt. What happened to Nikia Watson? Like he he reminds me of Bradrick Shaw. Because Badgers fans, myself included, we always just expect the next running back to be amazing. And then when they aren't, when the next running back doesn't turn into Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Taylor, we're like, oh, this guy's terrible. Like, what's Nikia Watson's story? I, I thought we'd get a little bit more out of him this year. I think they could probably use Bradrick Shaw this year. He's currently at Cal. Yeah. So um, they could have used him for this final year. He was a one-cut guy, one-cut-and-go kind of guy. and was never really the same after he, he got hurt. But if you remember, he got passed because Jonathan Taylor showed up. Yeah. So what ha- what's happened with Key Watson? I think it's a mixture of you know the offense has very little passing game, right? Mm-hmm. And I also think it's a matter of the offensive line. Wisconsin, more than any other program, is about recruit and develop. And when you don't have that spring ball to to work together, and then you have a very disjointed fall camp, I think it kind of results in, in kind of what we see. I think there's a lot of talent on that offensive line. I think they can be good, but it's 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 not gelling right now. And they, and let's be fair. I, I think Nikki Watson's talented, but he's not at the level of even a Jalen Berger, right? He's not yeah. He's not there. He's certainly not JT. He's not Corey Clement. He's not even Dario Google. I like they, they don't have that right now. Well, and that's a tough standard to meet, too. Like, you compare anybody to Jonathan Taylor or even Dario Gumbawali. Like, that's not every running back's going to live up to that. That doesn't mean they're trash or they're terrible. It just means they're not an NFL caliber running back. Jonathan Taylor looked amazing last weekend, by the way. That was fun to see. Zach Heilprin, our friend from the zone in Madison joining us. Um, let's talk about Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor for a sec. I, Based on what I read today and what you reported at MadCitySportsZone.com, they haven't done much this week, but they haven't been ruled out yet. Uh, I also read this week that they both could possibly be back in 2020. Uh, could you Could you teach me a little something about that? How would that work? Well, yeah, because every year, I mean, every player this year, it doesn't count against their eligibility. That's right. The NCAA yep. said, right? So every player that wants to come back can come back. I thought all along that, you know, Danny Davis would be a possibility because he never redshirted. So, you know, essentially this could be his redshirt year, and like he, he, it would still only be five years for him. Kendrick Pryor is a little bit different because he did redshirt, so it would be six years for him, and I wasn't sure if that would be something he would want to do. But, yeah, I, I don't think they play Saturday. You know, Paul Christ, I don't think, was trying to pull the wool over eyes and like that and say that, oh, they haven't practiced all this week and, mm-hmm. you know, they're not ruled out. But, we'll, you know, it's not one of those things where he, he usually is pretty straightforward with that. So I'd be surprised if we see them on Saturday. Uh-oh. But I would not be surprised if we see them in 2021. Yeah, it's, it feels like these Wisconsin wide receivers, it's always a year after. Like, we expect them to bust out, and then it takes one more year. So I guess this would continue that trend. Well, uh, a lot. Well, I mean, those two guys. Those two. Those two guys were playing pretty well. Before they were. They, got hurt. they so, were. So it's I, it's not necessarily their fault. Favorite. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes. And that's sense. the reason why to come back, right? Like, it's not like a performance issue. It's an injury issue that you don't really have any control. Over. Yeah, it's it's a timing issue. Unfortunately, they could really use him this year too. A, a lot of folks who text this show, uh, and, and even some people on the Badgers beat that I've read and and I've read their work, right? They're ripping on the Badgers for not recruiting or not developing wide receivers. I. Once again, I'm the one defending the Badgers today. It's normally the opposite. I don't really buy into that because the Badgers have always found receivers 
um, in, in recent memory, like Aaron Crookshanks, who I know uh, transferred, he's at Rutgers. Kendrick Pryor falls into this category too. Wide receivers that can also be part of the running game because the Badgers use their wide receivers and the outside gains uh, and, and screen passes and stuff like that. But when you have wide receivers that are used in the running game, you at least need one possession down the field type of receiver to complement those guys. Danny Davis is that receiver to me. And I don't think Kendrick Pryor or some of the, I mean, Jack Dunn, if Danny Davis is healthy, I think it makes life easier for everyone else. Like if Danny Davis is healthy these last three or four games, do you think it makes a huge difference? I think Danny Davis is a really good player. I do. I think he's he's their best wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Pryor's right up there with him. But they went from 47 points to not being able to score 10. I don't think Danny Davis is that good. You know sure. what I mean? Like I don't think he's 37 points good. So uh, while he was very dynamic in those first two games, caught a caught a bunch of passes, had close 100 yards rushing against Michigan. Like, he is a very good player, but he's not 47 points good. Uh, right now, they just don't – they don't have guys who can make plays. And I think we, we have not talked about the guy who's throwing the ball, but it's probably worthwhile. Yeah, He has not hit open receivers. His accuracy has been all over the place. And that, I think, is, is a huge concern right now because he doesn't have guys that can go and make plays for him when the ball isn't perfect. And uh, a lot of his balls have not been anywhere close to perfect the last three weeks. Yeah, it's it's double jeopardy, right? The wide receivers aren't aren't anything amazing, and the quarterback isn't making up for it. So I guess you but get, they, you know. I think, yeah, I think the greatest example of it is they schemed Jack Dunn open on that fourth down, mm-hmm. right? They schemed him, and it was, he was wide open. And Graham missed him. Yeah. Graham threw a bullet. If he had just tossed it out there a little bit, you know, it's perfect. It's perfect. It happened on a blitz, and I think next year Graham sees that and reacts much better to it than he did last Saturday. It's a touchdown, and you know maybe they go on and, and make that a game. But you missed it, and you can't miss those plays. You can't yeah. when you are so limited on the outside. Well, and that play is probably a good example to push back on my Paul Chris Joe Rudolph theory that the offense shows up this weekend, right? You can only scheme guys open and scheme plays so well. The players have to be able to execute, and that play is a good example. It was there. Uh, they just couldn't make it happen. I, I want to talk about recruiting for just a minute or two. Zach Heilprin from The Zone joining us. I read your stuff on the early signing period yesterday. I educated myself. Badgers are my team. I, I got to know. I got to be informed. But Zach, I got to tell you, I hate following recruiting. I I hate it. And I respect you and Evan Flood and everybody else that has to chase around 18-year-olds because I hate it. I love Twitter. I spend way too much time on there. I'm addicted to it. But I hate recruiting Twitter. Because it's a bunch of 18-year-olds with emojis in their bio posting videos like, oh, let's let's bring a natty to Madtown. It's like, okay, like get into freshman algebra first. Like, I do you share this feeling at all? Like, I hate recruiting Twitter. I don't like having to read about it and be a part of it. I will say this. Uh, Evan Flood and John McNamara and, you know, some of these other guys that, that recruiting is their lifeblood. Yes. Right? So that's, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine doing that. I don't have a problem with kids being excited about coming to Madison. Yeah, I don't oh, have yeah. a problem about kids talking about it. As long as when they get here, they put their you know butt behind what they're saying, mm-hmm. right? And, and putting the work in to make it happen. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. And it's not just the kids saying it. We heard uh, Khalif, uh, I should say Saeed Khalif, their, their director of player personnel yesterday, said he considers them now a blue blood program because of where they finished in recruiting rankings this year and that they that they can should continue to finish that way and that you know they should be talked about like that and so if he's saying it you know the kids are going to follow that and what, what i don't really I, like i feel like 
kids that go anywhere that like is a top 25 school or top 30 school, let's bring a national championship to this town. Like Mm -hmm. that's just what it is. You know, I, I think if you follow it for one year, you can find that out, but I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm, I, you know, fall into it as well. Like Graham Mertz was going to be the savior, right? Mm -hmm. And he was going to be the greatest thing ever. And you know, there's going to be growing pains, but recruiting, I don't, I don't get so upset to the point where I like, Get into freshman algebra. Like, I, no, do, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That's more my. I don't, I don't care that much about what guys <laughs> being about guys being excited about the biggest you know moment of their lives to this point. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to hate on that. It is a great moment for them. Like when you got in, when you got an EW cross, did you not go crazy? Like yes. I mean, yeah, I did, I, but I. Okay, well, this is also different. Like it's not the norm for. For like, I didn't post an announcement video like putting on a hat, but that's what you do in sports. So like, you've added some perspective here. That's that's the tradition when you commit to a school, you do the video, you do the post. So I shouldn't rip on kids for that. That's my bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Final final thing. Uh, I'm, uh, not, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm yeah. Not okay. Say, no. You, no. It's okay. It's not. Your, it's not your fault. I'm, I'm right. glad. Okay. I'm I'm glad. And I could I couldn't do like Evan Flood. I saw him at a at a lacrosse central game last year. He was here to. When uh, uh, what was the game from the school in the cities with Terrell Suggs' son, um, Chat Chat not Chattanooga, uh, Chan Hassan? When the Davis boys were playing against Chan Hassan at UWL, and Evan Flood has to walk around and talk to all these people and maintain these connections. I'm like, oh, that that looks exhausting. I could never do it, and I respect the people who do, so we know where these players are going. I I absolutely respect those guys. I one player that I want to ask you about, and I'm gonna really put you on the spot. Can you tell me anything about Loyal Crawford from Eau Claire Memorial? That's who I'm excited about because I watched him run for 350 last fall. And it's about time that we have another Big Rivers Conference player because Mason Stocky is going to be departing soon. We need to keep that pipeline going. <laughs> well, you probably know more about him than I do than if you actually watched him play in person. I have not watched him play in person. I've only seen highlights. But mm-hmm. we heard from we heard from Joe Rudolph yesterday talking about uh, you know kind of what each guy brings. And he brings a little bit something different than the other two guys. They have three running backs. They they each bring a little bit something different. I, I think he's a little bit uh, dog just bit me. I think he just uh, I think he brings a little bit more speed, you know, to it. Yeah, he's got. It felt like he's got a little more breakaway ability than the other two guys. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's he's obviously dealt with some injuries in his career too. Yeah, and uh, you know, trying to stay healthy or staying healthy is probably as big of a chore as a running back college as as anything. So as we've seen with a guy like Isaac Corendo. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. And they, they got three of them for a reason, I think. Mm-hmm. He's trying to hit. I mean, you give yourself more chances at, at hitting. And they said, you know, two guys like that, skill players, you know, at that position, there's not a ton of them that come out of Wisconsin, right? Yeah. So you wanted to keep them home, and, and they did. No, I agree. And I just wanted to ask him because I like the Big Rivers Conference. That's where I went to high school, so yeah. I'm selfishly asking. But I selfishly asked about Mason Stocky. I remember a couple of years ago, and you're like, yeah, I don't I don't have much for you. And it turned out that he was a contributor a couple of years down the line. So you never know how these guys pan out. Zach, well, I appreciate you. It, what, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Wasn't he injury-related as well? Because he was, he was struggling to stay healthy. Yeah, he missed a couple of years. He was a linebacker at first, and then they moved him to fullback. Turned so out to be a pretty good player. Yeah, exactly. So it takes time, and, and it'll be exciting to watch yeah. this class as, as always. Zach, I appreciate you. I have some positivity about this weekend. I, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Just be positive. You, 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 carry, you carry that positive for, uh, vibe for both of us, all right? <laughs> okay. I can do that. Thanks, Zach. Yep, bye. Talk to you soon. That's Zach Heilprin of the Wisconsin Sports Network uh, with a dog biting him uh, in the middle of the interview. I was wondering. I was like, geez, what was that? Yeah, Zach got nipped by his dog. So let's take a break. I'm going to continue to try to convince myself why the Badgers can win this weekend and why the offense can show up 
join me. It's great over here on Positivity Island. I was hoping to sway Zach a little bit more, but appreciate his perspective as always. More Badger Talk coming up next. The Axe game is this weekend. We got to discuss it. It's a big deal. More of the Wisco Sports Show after this. I have a great jacket collection. Uh, I look much better in pants than I do in shorts, and I have an amazing crew neck collection. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of it in the winter. Like I can put together a great outfit. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. I'm going to level with you. I'm going to be 100% honest. I I attacked today with extra energy, with a smile on my face. I had a Zoom chat with some coworkers at 11 this morning. I had a blast. We were cracking jokes, laughing. Pandemic? Never heard of her, right? Canceled college basketball games and football games? (laughs) Not a problem, right? I got to get up at 5 a.m. tomorrow to host the morning show here in La Crosse. Don't care. I'll get up at 4. Feeling great today. Having a blast. Finally getting in the Christmas I've been explaining to you. And I'm finally in the spirit of college football. I'm upset that Cincinnati's not in the top four. I'm not a Cincinnati player. I'm not a Cincinnati fan. But I'm upset. They deserve a chance. And the selection committee is screwing them. See? I'm back. Back in college football. That's the the kind of thing we argue about with the selection committee and the four-team playoff. And yeah, I'm back. I don't know, uh... I, don't know, I think I got extra sleep last night, or I don't know what I ate for breakfast. Some extra extra protein, extra peanut butter on my bagel. I don't know what it is, but I'm having an amazing day. Hope you are as well. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I am thrilled you are here because we have one hour left. An hour is not enough. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers coming up at 520. I have an announcement. I don't do this very often on the show, um, but I'm going to tell you if you're listening right now to keep listening right? To make sure you're listening coming up at 520 because we have an official announcement. We have to take care of some business. We're setting some parameters and some rules moving forward. And if you miss out on that, then you're not going to be in the loop. And I, and I don't want that to happen. So normally, if you listen for five minutes, listen for 10 minutes, if you listen for two minutes, that's enough for me. If you're joining and, and listening to the show, I appreciate you. I typically don't lobby for you to listen for the full two hours, right? But be here at 520 because we're, we're, we're establishing some ground rules for the rest of the Packers season regarding Aaron Rodgers, and I, and I want you to be a part of that. So that's coming up. We're also going to hear from Giannis coming up at 530. Uh, Giannis spoke with the media yesterday at 4, so I didn't really have a chance to watch it or listen to it before the show started, and I didn't have a chance to, to cut and edit the audio and, and get it ready to, to play on the show. So we had to wait until today. And I, and I watched the press conference earlier today, and without spoiling anything, Milwaukee is so, so lucky to have Giannis, Right. Not just not just as a player and, and, and not just to be under contract for five more years. I love every word that came out of his mouth. I'm not just glad that the Bucks have a superstar for the next five years. I love, with every bone in my body, every fiber of my being, I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. I love everything that he said, everything that he stands for, his values, his beliefs that he talked about yesterday. Ten out of ten. I love it. And we will hear from him. I'm very excited coming up at 530. Sometimes we listen to press conferences on the show. A lot of times they're boring. This one is not boring. This is amazing, and it might just bring a tear to your eye. So be prepared for that. Maybe you have a tissue, a hanky, uh, a box of Kleenex, or maybe just a, a sleeve. Uh, if you have an old ratty sweatshirt on like I do, that should do the trick. We'll hear from Giannis coming up at 530. Uh, first, I want to talk about Saturday. We're two days away. I, I've kind of fooled myself into thinking that it's Friday. 
just because I've put myself in such a great mood. It is Thursday, so we have to wait two days. But Saturday is going to be awesome. We have reached the time of the week today where we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? And we start making plans. This is the, the plans part of the week. Hey, uh, what you doing this weekend? You got plans on Saturday, right? I did, do I need to buy beer? Do I need to stop and buy beer? Or I guess more accurately, what kind of beer do I buy for this weekend? Like we are making plans. We are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We can see the end of the workday. We're approaching. I can see the horizon, right? And we've also reached the point of the sports week at least this time of year, where we start to look forward to the games that are going to be played this Saturday and this Sunday. Right? Oh, the Packers play this team. Oh, Sunday night football is really good. Oh, amazing night games in college football on Saturday. Got to make sure I don't make Saturday night plans. Right? We're lining things up. This Saturday is going to be awesome. And I might venture a prediction here if I may be bold. This might be one of the best sports days since the pandemic started. When everything's shut down, March 11th, it was a Wednesday night. I remember exactly where I was. It was at the Root Note here in downtown La Crosse. It was open mic night. Somebody's probably playing an out-of-tune guitar. Tom Hanks has it. Oh, my God, Rudy Gobert's sick, right? Since that moment, since that night, and I'm sure you remember that night as well, this might be the best sports day of the pandemic so far, right? Unless you like hockey, then I, I, I got nothing for you, right? I guess we don't have hockey. But we do have college football, college basketball, and the NFL. The NFL's getting involved. A couple of games on Saturday. I love this time of year when we have a couple of Saturday games especially when my team, the Packers, play on Saturday. So I thought we'd start the show, or start this hour of the show, by talking about the Saturday and making a plan. And I'll tell you right now, be careful. Because if you sleep in on Saturday, say till 8 or 9 a.m., and you wake up, and you're like, oh, what games are on today? Oh, Badgers play. Like, no, you're behind. Right? You need to get things lined up. If you have a second TV, bring it out into the living room. If you have a tablet, get it ready. Because you're going to need multiple screens. And if you're not prepared... You're going to be undermanned, undergunned, and you're going to miss out on some awesome games this Saturday. So let's start with the college games. I'm finally starting to feel excitement over college football, and I'm really, really excited for a couple of these matchups. 11 a.m. on Saturday, Big Ten Championship. I love that that's at 11 a.m. I love that they're not burying it at 7 p.m. Because I I want a solid game at 11. If I'm starting to watch football at 11 and essentially punting on the rest of my day because I'm on my couch, the game better be good. And, And this one, it might not be close, but it's going to be a good game. Northwestern. 14th ranked versus Ohio State. It was ranked 4th. It's going to be 11 a.m., the Big Ten Championship game. This is essentially a play-in game for Ohio State. right? If they win, even if they only win by 7, I still think they're in in that 4th spot despite only playing a small handful of games. Ohio State's favored by 20 and a half. Even if this game's not close, I'm still excited to watch because Ohio State's an exciting team. right? There's a good chance that Justin Fields is drafted very, very high next year. A couple of these other players are drafted very high, and I like watching those players. Right? And we haven't got very many opportunities to watch Ohio State this year. This is a good one. Saturday, 11 a.m. There's two other middle-of-the-road college football games that are on at 11. Might interest you, right? Let me try to sell you. Texas A&M versus Tennessee. Tennessee is garbage. They're always garbage. But Texas A&M is ranked fifth. Right? They are favored by 14 points. Theoretically, if Texas A&M could win in impressive fashion and one of the playoff teams loses, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, maybe Texas A&M as a case. This game could have playoff implications, right? So if you if you think these games are meaningless and they're dumb, well, this one could have potential playoff implications if Texas A&M were to win and some things fall their way. Also, the Big 12 championship game is at 11 a.m. Oklahoma versus Ohio State. That's 10 versus 6. I like Iowa State. I've always kind of been an Iowa State fan. Matt Thomas from Alaska played there. Tyrese Halliburton from Oshkosh. 
just went to the NBA. He's now playing on my Sacramento Kings, which I adore. I love. This game could be interesting. Iowa State's at sixth, right? This is a good chance for Matt Campbell to strut his stuff in a big game and put together a really strong finish for a year. Maybe he jumps for a big program or he goes to the NFL. Who knows? So two other games that are 11 that might be interesting, A&M and Tennessee, and then Oklahoma and, uh, and Iowa State. Also, Badgers basketball plays at 11 a.m. Uh, they are ranked 12th. They are playing 23rd rated Louisville. Louisville? Louisville? Everybody says it's slightly, uh, slightly different. This is finally a Badgers matchup worth watching. Sorry I didn't get amped up over Rhode Island, and then the refs ruined it by calling like 50 fouls, too. I didn't really get that excited about Loyola. I love Green Bay, I'd watch the Badgers play Green Bay all the time. I, I love it when they play other Wisconsin teams. And, and they play, you know, UW-Lacrosse, as they did a year ago. They play a WEAC school, right? Or they play Green Bay or Milwaukee. I love that. This is a game that I can get excited for, right? Louisville, Wisconsin, the backcourt's great. Demetri tries. Brad Davison found a step back all of a sudden. Nate Reavers has been really impressive. I was starting to get concerned that maybe his development wasn't going fast enough. He's really shown some things this season. And I I don't know how many times i got to tell you, but Johnny Davis, can he can straight up bang. He can hoop, okay? So it's worth the price of admission. It's worth watching just to see what Johnny Davis does off the bench. Get two TVs going in the living room. I would suggest Northwestern, Ohio State on one TV, Wisconsin, Louisville on the other, and make a light lunch. Right? Chips and salsa would be a good item at this this time of the day. Um, if you're a Bloody Mary fan, I know our friend Ebo on the Zone in Madison is a big proponent of Bloody Marys, not just in the morning, but at any time of the day. A Bloody Mary uh, might be good here. Mimosas. Uh, I, I always get in trouble drinking that early in the day because one's never enough, but two is too many, and now I want to take a nap. Right, And we need to pace ourselves on Saturday. So maybe uh, have a sparkling water and some chips and salsa. That'd be good. That's the 11 a.m. slate. Now at 3 o'clock, Wisconsin plays... Minnesota. Minnesota comes to Camp Randall. 3 p.m. Wisconsin's favored by 12 and a half, which kind of amazes me because the Badgers have done nothing but look miserable the last couple of weeks, and Vegas favors them strongly in all of these games. Right? Vegas just can't quit Wisconsin. Now, I think Wisconsin's going to win this game because I'm optimistic. Sorry, I love my teams. I'm passionate about my Badgers. I want to see them win. I think Wisconsin's going to win because I think this could be a big Paul Chris game. Right? The last two years... The Badgers have underwhelmed in the middle of the season, and they finished really, really strongly in the pinstripe bowl against Miami and then against the Gophers last year in the Axe game. Everybody thought Minnesota was going to win, and the Badgers hammered them. They embarrassed Minnesota at home. Wisconsin knows how to finish strong. Now, maybe their personnel isn't enough. No Jalen Berger, probably no Pryor, no Davis. You know, Joe Rudolph and Paul Chris can only scheme so much. So I, I'm optimistic. We'll see. That game's on Big Ten Network, so that tells you all you need to know about what the rest of the country and what... TV execs think of this game. That's at 3. Another can't-miss game at 3 o'clock, Clemson-Notre Dame. This is the game that I think gets me most excited for college football this weekend. Clemson is 3. Notre Dame is 2. This is obviously a game with massive playoff implications. And it's a rematch, which is incredible. This is one of the best games of the regular season. Actually, a game that I watched. And I'll admit, I haven't watched a lot of college football this year outside of the Badgers and probably one other game. I've probably watched two games a weekend I'm definitely not plugged in all game. This is one that I watched earlier this year. Clemson was without Trevor Lawrence. Notre Dame was able to win. They stormed the field, which in COVID seemed like a terrible idea, but I guess it it didn't cause too much harm. This game has everything, and I can't wait. That's at 3 o'clock, so I'm thinking the TVs are going to be Minnesota-Wisconsin, Clemson-Notre Dame, but the NFL also throws its hat into the ring at 3.30. Buffalo plays at Denver. Denver's, Denver's trash, and Drew Locke thinks he's Josh Allen. He thinks he's John Elway just heaving the ball. Drew Locke 
has one of the highest numbers for yards per attempt in the NFL. If you ever watch a Broncos game, like Drew Locke thinks he is something that he's not. Like every play, Drew Locke is to himself just, all right, time to go deep. It's like <laughs> overthrows someone by seven yards in triple coverage, throws the ball out of bounds. Drew Locke spraying the ball over the field, I guess it's kind of fun to watch, but Josh Allen is a hoot and a half to watch. So is Stephon Diggs. We saw that on Sunday night. So this game is intriguing for that reason. I'll probably do the tablet or maybe a laptop for that game because I need to watch Clemson-Notre Dame, and obviously I'm going to watch Wisconsin-Minnesota. So this might be a three-screen time window. For food, this is when I would recommend you have something brewing in the slow cooker for dinner. right? If we're doing chips and salsa and maybe a sparkling water, a Perrier, that's what I would recommend for the 11 o'clock games. For the 3 o'clock games, have something ready to go. That way your house is... Right, the, the smell is wafting during the game. And then at halftime, you know, make your way to the kitchen, the island, the table, and scoop yourself a big bowl of chili. Right, That would be something great to make on Saturday. I think that's what I'll do. Make some chili. Make sure you have sour cream and cheese because if we're going to go all out here, we're going to go all out. So have chili in the slow cooker, something a little bit heavier. Maybe at this point you can have a beer. Maybe at this point I think you can start to drink and, and we don't have to worry about fatigue. Now, the night games in college football aren't as great, but we still have Bama and Florida. That's one versus seven. It could be a lot worse, but Bama's favored by 17, so I, whatever. I, this game, look at it this way. This is a great uh, get-to-know-you game. It's Alabama this year. Watch this game, and then you can get to know Bama so when the college football playoff rolls around, you feel like you have a little bit of background knowledge, right? You're ready then to watch the college football playoff, and you're not thinking, who's this? What the heck is this? Who's Mac Jones, right? Do a little homework. You can watch Bama in Florida. That's on Saturday night, as is Packers-Panthers at 7:15, which I love. I love when the Packers play on Saturday. That might be an unpopular take. And a lot of you aren't, aren't thrilled about this. And I don't blame you, right? It's your schedule. You live the life you want to live, right? For me, I love the Packers on Saturday night. Because that means on Sunday, I can just watch all the other games, right? I can skip around from game to game. I can get multiple screens going. And I don't have to be so devoted and locked in. Because when I watch a Packer game, I'm taking notes. I'm trying to write down things to use in the show, writing down ideas. And... That really hampers my ability to watch other games. And I'm a fan of the league. I like having a holistic NFL experience every Sunday. So the Packers playing on Saturday night is amazing. I can just be a fan of the league on Sunday. And that excites me. Okay. That's what's going on on Saturday. That's going to be an amazing day. I got to get the slow cooker fired up. I got I to gotta go beer shopping. There's a lot to do before Saturday. So I'm glad we, we did this little preview and, and we're coming up with a game plan with a day or two uh, to work now until Saturday. Coming up next, let's take a break. I don't want to be a buzzkill, um, but I have an announcement to make. Uh, I have a proclamation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to establish some rules and guidelines coming up in a few minutes about the Packers, about Aaron Rodgers. So don't go anywhere. Don't miss out on this because this is going to set the guidelines for the next three or four weeks. We're going to talk a lot about the Packers the next three or four weeks, so you need to be in on this. I don't want you to be on the outside looking in. I don't want you to be confused next time you tuned in because the brand of the show is, is changing gears a bit. Right, the way that I talk about Aaron Rodgers is going to change gears a little bit, and I, I want you to be a part of that. So stick around. We're going to take a break. We'll also hear from Giannis coming up at 5.30. More of the Wisco Sports Show. I see we got some texts. We'll get to those up next. Don't go anywhere. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing. Happy holiday to you. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Grant Bills, and I am your host, trying to work in just 
a moment of Christmas music once a night. That's it. Even if you hate Christmas music, you can you can tolerate that, right? I, I think in 2020, we, we become so focused on this pandemic. We focus on everything that's stressful in our lives. I still love Christmas. I love the idea of putting on a sweater, making a Tom and Jerry, right? Seeing my closest family. Obviously, Christmas is a lot different this year. We're not going to have huge get-togethers, but I'm going to see my very, very close family. I know. I feel a little bit bad about it, too. But I'm excited about that. So I'm, I'm trying to listen to a little bit of Christmas music. I'm, I'm trying not to focus on all the negative. I'm trying to focus on a little positive as well. Uh, we've been talking Badgers, 608-796-2558. My dad actually texts in the show and says, I think I will go sit in my deer stand and listen to the Badger and Gopher game this Saturday just for the tradition. And I'm very familiar with this tradition. I used to obviously deer hunt with my dad. Um, and, and that's Saturday after Thanksgiving. That evening when the Badgers played the Gophers, I would sit in my stand and enjoy the peace and quiet of the woods and listen to Matt LePay. I 100% agree. Now, if you go out this weekend, you'll probably have to be bow hunting um, unless this this weekend is like late season gun. I know that exists, but I, I don't think that's this weekend. I don't know. I haven't been following along. But if you have a Badger Gopher tradition, yeah, I know it's a couple weeks late, but you can absolutely try to keep it up, and I appreciate you, Dad. Thank you for the texts. Love you bunches. We'll see you uh, in, well, next week uh, for Christmas. Been quarantining because I don't want to bring anything home to them. Uh, in the meantime, I know we, we were talking Badgers. I want to talk Packers for just a couple of minutes. Uh, I, I don't enjoy being a buzzkill. I don't think most people do. Uh, except for maybe Radio Joe. Radio Joe loves being a buzzkill, right? He's that kind of sports fan. And I say that out of love. And Radio Joe's name keeps <laughs> Radio Joe's name keeps coming up on the show this weekend. Like, I don't enjoy being a buzzkill. I like having positive, uplifting, confident conversations about our sports teams, right? That's why I'm hopeful that the Badgers can win this weekend. And I'm putting some trust in Paul Christ and Joe Rudolph to, by God, save the season with one final great performance, like we've seen the last two years. When they showed up in the Pinstripe Bowl, Showed up against the Gophers last year. I know they ultimately lost in the Rose Bowl, but that's a game they should have won. Don't need to talk about that. That racket. This is why this next segment breaks my heart. I don't like to be the buzzkill. I don't like to throw water on the fire, right? I don't like to be the wet blanket, but I have to. I'm sorry, but we have to totally and 100% cease and desist with all the praise of Aaron Rodgers starting in about five minutes. He's had a great season. We've talked a lot about it. We've praised him. We have, we, I, some might even say we've worshipped him. Maybe we've taken it that far. We've talked endlessly about how Aaron Rodgers has been the best version of himself, right? In week two, I remember talking into this same microphone right here and explaining that this is a dream come true. Aaron Rodgers has changed his play style to fit his 36, 37-year-old body. He's not holding the ball. He's not trying to scramble. He's hitting his throws in time, in rhythm, Right? He's taking the checkdowns. He's taking what the defense gives him. And he's playing within an offense. And he's trusting Matt LaFleur. Right? He's doing the simple things, which is what Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years wouldn't do. He tried to play hero ball, scramble around, uh, throw timing back, shoulder routes. No, just hit the slant. Hit the fullback on the angle route. Hit the tight end on the checkdown. Just take what the defense gives you. Don't always be looking to be the hero. Don't always look you know, 300 yards down the field for the biggest possible throw and the, and, and the big score. Right, Aaron Rodgers has become the best version of himself, and we've talked endlessly about it. Rodgers has been great. Much more great than I, than I thought was even possible at this stage in his career. And I would very much like to see that continue. And it's for that reason, a heartbreaking reason, that we need to stop talking about it. We need, we need to stop. We, we, we have to put a cease and desist on the praise of Aaron Rodgers that goes past the simple reporting of the facts. 
For example, on Monday, the Packers will probably beat the Panthers this weekend. I will start the show by talking about that game, and I will say, wow, Rodgers was good, completed this many passes, continuing his great season. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go any farther. We're not gonna have an Aaron Rodgers segment. Hey, coming up next, I'll tell you what Aaron Rodgers did so great against the Panthers and why his case for the MVP is only getting stronger. Like I'm not gonna do that, and it breaks my heart. We have to cease and desist with all the praise of Aaron Rodgers because we're gonna jinx it. We are. We're gonna jinx it. I believe Aaron Rodgers now has the inside track at this year's MVP, even if he's not the favorite yet. Right? You got to look at the statistics. You got to look at the way things are lining up right now. And you try to have to project, you know, two or three weeks down the line. Because where we stand right now is not where we're going to stand at the end of the year. But if you look at all the evidence, you look at the schedules, you look at the win losses, I now believe, and there are much more smarter football people who have written about this, studied this, done the research. Aaron Rodgers now has the inside track at this MVP, even if the Vegas odds don't indicate that he is the favorite at this moment. It's Aaron Rodgers, it's Patrick Mahomes. You might love to... Oh, what about Derrick Henry? No. Dalvin Cook? No, I don't... No. I don't want to talk about Josh Allen. I don't want to waste my time. We're a very serious sports show here. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Anything else is a waste of time. Aaron Rodgers has been more efficient than Patrick Mahomes. He has graded better week by week by week. He's been more consistent than Patrick Mahomes, which is weird because I know Aaron Rodgers had that bad game in Tampa, but it checks out, right? Aaron Rodgers has worse wide receivers. I think most people would agree Andy Reid's the better coach than Matt LaFleur. And Aaron Rodgers has an easier remaining schedule down the stretch. Right Now, the one argument against Aaron Rodgers for his MVP case is his one bad game against Tampa. And yes, it was a bad game. And it is worse than Patrick Mahomes' bad game. Patrick Mahomes' bad game came against Jarrett Stidham and the, and the Patriots in Week 4. The thing was, in that Patriots game, Mahomes had two dropped interceptions and a fumble blown dead incorrectly. So he got a little bit of help. And, of course, it didn't hurt that he was playing against Jarrett Stidham and not Cam or I don't know. Even Tom Brady, who I don't think is a world beater at this point in his career. I don't know how many times I have to say that to make it clear. Right, but Patrick Mahomes' bad game didn't look as bad as Aaron Rodgers' bad game. Oh, yeah, and by the way, if you want to talk about value, which I don't I don't really like making this argument because I think it's it's overblown and everybody does this. I think it's kind of a hack trick. Like, oh, we want to talk about valuable. Well, then take Rodgers off the Packers. Look at look at how bad of a team they are. That's value. Like, I don't I don't like making that argument, but it is worth noting. Then when Aaron Rodgers had a bad game, his team got killed. And when Patrick Mahomes had a bad game, they won anyway. Mostly in part to Jarrett Stidham being Jarrett Stidham. So I'm not, I'm not even going to give the Patriots that much credit, right? If, if Patrick Mahomes would have had his bad game against the Raiders the second time around or against any other competitive, you know, competent AFC team and not the Patriots, then they would have lost too, right? Rodgers now has the inside track to this MVP which would be his third. Aaron Rodgers is on the cusp of his third MVP, which puts him in elite, elite company. The only player with more MVPs than three is Peyton Manning. He had five, which is which blows my mind, right? Only Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas, and Tom Brady have three. And Brady's third was a was a fluke. It, I, I struggle to fall asleep at night knowing that Tom Brady has a third MVP only because Carson Wentz got hurt and Deshaun Watson got hurt. And the league is like, well, number one and number two got hurt. I guess we'll give it to Tom Brady. Like, awesome. As if Tom Brady hasn't been handed a hundred, a million other things over his career. Like a Super Bowl ring, despite only scoring 13 points. I know this isn't what we're talking about. Aaron Rodgers has the inside track at this year's MVP, which would be his third. You want to talk about legacy? Whoo! 
Oh, boy. Talk about legacy. Now, the Super Bowl is more important to Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure it's certainly more important to the Packers. And I would prefer the Packers to win a Super Bowl. I think that would help Aaron Rodgers' legacy more than a third MVP. But if Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP, it probably means his team got a number one seed, which gives them the best chance to win the MVP so I, or the Super Bowl. So I think these are intertwined, right? Aaron Rodgers is, in a sense right now, the favorite for MVP, and I'm not going to ruin that by jinxing him. So from this point on, we are cease and desisting. We're not endlessly praising Aaron Rodgers anymore. I'm sorry. Sorry. Executive decision. Let's hear from Giannis. Talk a little bit about the Bucks Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Sports show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills, and we're about to transition to some NBA talk. And uh, well, 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 before we get into the Bucks, a little bit of an update from Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj from ESPN. The Houston Rockets are increasingly expanding trade discussions on James Harden beyond his preferred destinations of Brooklyn and Philly. James Harden's got to be careful here, okay? Because NBA players demand trades. It's been become very common, especially the last two years. Hey, trade me. I want to go to the Lakers or the Bulls or the Bucks. James Harden says, trade me. I want to go to the Nets, Philly, or the Bucks. Right? And that's great. Right? Paul George did the same thing. Wants to go to LA. Right? But it, it doesn't normally play out that way. And I would imagine that the Rockets, speaking with James Harden, are, are, are probably saying, you know, James, we'll trade you. Because we have to, like, we can't have you happy and being a distraction and like, like, we'll move on and we'll find you a destination, but just know it might not be the one you want to go to because Paul George requested a trade. He wanted to go to LA. Where'd he go? He went to Oklahoma city. No one saw that coming, right? Kawhi Leonard requested a trade Lakers Clippers. I want to go to LA. Where did Kawhi end up in Toronto? Nobody saw Toronto coming. So James Harden can request a trade and he can have his list of preferred destinations. Players always do. But the Rockets don't need to trade him to Philly, don't need to trade him to Brooklyn. The Rockets are going to look out for the Rockets. If James Harden's looking out for himself and he wants to be traded, that's fine. But the Rockets are going to do the same and they're going to take the best package. And the best package very well might not come from Philly, might not come from Brooklyn. And it might come from Sacramento. It might come from, I don't know, who's another terrible team in the West? The Suns are actually halfway decent now. Not very many bad teams in the West. Might come from Orlando. Maybe Orlando wants to trade uh, Aaron Gordon. And who's the player who just blew out his leg? He went to Florida State. Maybe maybe Orlando puts together a nice package. James Harden, get traded, sure. But as Woj is reporting, Houston isn't obligated to trade you where you want to go. right? So James Harden's got to tread lightly. Uh, I, I do want to hear from Giannis. He spoke to the media yesterday. And unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to check it out. He spoke at four... That's just tough. I'm not going to play clips off Twitter. I want to listen to it before I bring it on the show first because I want to make sure you can hear him and he doesn't swear and it's like actually viable to play on the radio. But if it's not interesting, I don't want to play it. I watched it this morning. I watched it again this afternoon. This is awesome. I love Giannis. The NBA is lucky to have Giannis. The human race is just lucky to have Giannis. And as I share with you some of these clips, I think you're going to start to agree with me. I normally start to try to begin the show typically with a funny anecdote or a story or something. I see Giannis is a fan of my style, 
he's copying me in that regard. He starts his presser by, by joking about his stocks, his finances. Listen to this. Right. Question. One second. I'm, I'm going through the stocks. Got to check the stocks real fast. Got to see the stocks, you know, they go up and down. Check my finance. Oh, man, I can't believe. Can't believe Apple stock is down. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Let's so he's choking that Apple stock is down. I guess it was down yesterday. Uh, I'm sure it comes to a shock for you. I don't own any Apple stock, but some of you might have. You might know what Giannis is talking about, or maybe he's just BSing. Yeah, I just made a quarter of a billion dollars. Can you believe Apple stock is down? I actually, I, I love some humor in a press conference like that. First thing that you would notice right away if you were watching and not just listening, Giannis speaks like he has a weight lifted off of his shoulders. Like he's glad to be done with this. He's the same smiley fun lovey player that, we, that we're used to that we didn't see for the last couple of weeks because I truthfully think that this has taken a toll on him. He said at one point during this presser, this gave me headaches, stressed me out. I didn't like dealing with it, and he's happy to be done with it, and I think that showed through in the way that he communicated and, and spoke and smiled. It was nice to have that version of Giannis back. Uh, Eric name was first. Seemed like an appropriate question to begin. Uh, Giannis, what ultimately led for you to sign the Supermax extension? Uh, you know, I was happy. Uh, it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, discuss with my agent, you know, the team, my family. Um, you know, talk to my mother. I asked my mother, do you want to move? She said, no. I said, okay, cool. I'm just going to sign the deal then. Uh, but no, this is the place I want to be. This is my home. This is my city. I want to represent Milwaukee. And I want to do this for the next five years. So that's the Supermax extension. Eric name follows up quickly. Obviously, you love Milwaukee and you like the city. You want to be here. You have your family in mind. That's all great. But Giannis, your end goal remains a championship, right? So you wouldn't have signed this contract if you didn't think that Milwaukee could win a championship, right? Why do you believe Milwaukee is a good place to accomplish that goal? I think we can, you know, we can get better. I believe um, we can get better. We we got better. We have a great team. We have a great culture. I know that I'm working towards that goal. You know, the front office is working towards that goal. So I'm good. You know, I'm happy. I think everybody's on the same page. Um, and at the, end, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, like, you got you to gotta look the past. So, like, we've gotten... We've got better every single year. And the, in my opinion, the last two years was the, realistically, the two years we fight for a championship. The years before that, there wasn't a championship years, right? So I think it's, it's not going to be easy. You know, every team got to, you know, get hurt. Every team got to um, feel disappointment and, um, you know, not win it as e- easy, right? Because you got to learn from your mistakes, and I think we've had these two years, and it might be three years. It might be four years that we, we're going to feel disappointed. We're not, we're not going to win. But at the end of the day, I think we're working towards the right goal, and um, it was easy to make my decision. I loved, loved what Giannis just said there, right? And I don't think many other NBA players share this perspective and share this belief that you got to go through the hardships. And you heard Giannis. He's like, hey, we've lost a year, we've lost two years here, or we've come up short. It might take another year. It might take two or three, but we're eventually going to get there because you learn when you lose, and you come back and you get better, and you tweak, and you change your approach, and you work harder. I am I am tickled right now. I am just, I am, I don't even know what to do with myself. That's how happy that made me, right? Because no players in the NBA these days take personal responsibility for a team and for its successes and its failures. Giannis does. He's like, hey, Milwaukee hasn't won the last two years. We've come up short. That's partly on me, right? And I'm learning, and I'm getting better, and I'm going to continue to get better, and we're going to break through as a team and as an organization. 
I, I'm on cloud nine. I, I can't believe Milwaukee has this guy. I cannot believe Milwaukee has this player. I I, I don't know what to say. I might get a little emotional. Who knows? I saved this answer for selfish reasons. Giannis was just simply asked why the city of Milwaukee means so much to him. And I like when people compliment Wisconsin, so I wanted to share that. It was definitely in my mind. You know, the way that this uh, city has supported me and my family has been amazing since day one, since the the day I walked in uh, in this, uh, not this gym, the Cousin Center gym, and um, Bradley Center also. It's been amazing. You know, I was 18, I'm 26 right now. Um... You know, all I know, all I know is Milwaukee. You know, when I came here, you know, fell in love with the city. It's a city that loves basketball. It's a city that obviously we don't have, we have more things to do now. But when I came, we didn't have a lot of things to do. So I could just focus in basketball. Um, and it's a place that I want to be. It's a place I want to raise my kids. And um, I feel good here. I feel, I feel that my family feels good here. So I'm good. I want to raise my kids here. And I love that Giannis said that, and everybody's loving that. You know what? I That's BS. Because I say the same thing about lacrosse. I love lacrosse. I want to raise my kids here. And people laugh at me. They're like, look, Grant thinks he's going to have kids. That's hilarious. So I don't know why Giannis... Is it because he's an NBA superstar? Must be because he's an NBA superstar. That makes sense. Uh, we heard this yesterday, but I wanted to share it again for those of you who maybe missed this part of the show yesterday. Giannis was asked, how did you celebrate? This is also why I love Giannis. He's a real dude. Uh, I didn't do much. Um... Uh... Had dinner, had dinner with my family, uh, went back home. I went to, um, what's this called? Bye Bye Baby, I think. But uh, Bought a lot of uh, toys for Liam, a lot of clothes for Liam. Um, and then just went home, slept, slept really well. I woke up and came uh, came to practice. Imagine just going, Jan Santetokounmpo, two-time MVP, seven feet tall, so it's not like he blends in. Hanging out buying baby clothes in Brookfield. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, baby. That's what you, you made a quarter of a billion dollars, and you're buying baby clothes for your son. I'm just, I, is your heart not warm right now? You, you're made of ice if this isn't warming you to your very core. That is just wonderful. This was an interesting question. Giannis was asked if he thought about any other teams. Like, did you think about going to any other NBA teams? Like, what were your options? What'd you think? So what you expect me to say is, you expect me to say that, yeah, I thought about it. I was about to leave and go to, um, I can't say team now because they're going to find me for tampering. Go to Seattle, Super Sun. That's what you expect me to say. I'm not going to say that. So um, I got action, man. I got action, man. There was obviously thought behind it, but you know, the goal, I wanted to be here. You know, like, I want to be here. I want to help my teammates. I want to help the organization win a championship. I want this organization and my teammates to help me win a championship. Obviously, it goes both ways. Um, but as I said, like, I try, I, try, I try to keep it away from my head. Like, it puts a lot of pressure in athletes. And it gave me, like, gives me, it gave me a headache all summer. Like, people asking me and uh, uh, people talking about me, you know, I just wanted to be left alone. I knew what I wanted in my head. I knew that the goal is to win a championship, and I knew that here we have a chance to win a championship. You know, I think we got better as a team, and we're going to keep continue to get better. And there's always a chance. You know, there's always a chance to win a championship here. I, I once again, still don't know how the Bucks are so lucky that they have Giannis. It was funny that the reporter got a chuckle out of him. And, and joking, like, what do you want me to say? That I thought about going to the Seattle Supersonics, which, of course, don't exist anymore. 
Because if Giannis said, well, I thought about going to the Miami Heat, you know, that blows up, and then that's a story. Heat fans, you know, their, their obnoxiousness. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like that he was candid about that. Like, this took its toll on me. I was getting headaches every day. Like, I was sick of thinking about it, sick of talking about it, and I'm glad it's done and over with. Final question, and then we'll take a break. Um, Giannis has asked what this does for the balance of power in the NBA, right? Actually, no, he wasn't asked about that. I don't want to talk about that. I do want to talk about this. Finally, Giannis has asked about loyalty. <laughs> my bad, my, my notes are messy. Giannis has asked about loyalty. How important is it for Giannis to be loyal? What does loyalty mean? I think this is pretty cool. It's really important. It's really important. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what stays. Um, you know, I love this organization, and um, at the end of the day, it's easy. You know, it's easy to dip in the first chance. Um, but you know that's not me as a person. Um, you know it's 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 a, it's 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 tough because at the end of the day, like no nowhere you go or nowhere you are, guarantee you to win a championship, right? So, but at the end of the day, I, I know who I am. I know that I'm a man of my words, and I know it might take me ten years, or I might never win a championship, or whatever the case might be, or I might win five, whatever the case might be, but I know who I am and I know what I believe and I know that I, I stuck when, um, to the people, you know, next to the people that believed in me. How, how did, how did the, how did the Bucks get this guy? Like, you had to go halfway around the world to Greece to find a player this good that would fall in love with a city like Milwaukee and want to stay there for five more years. Yeah, he's making a quarter of a billion dollars, too. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's it's amazing. And, and I love the idea of kind of ingratiating yourself with a, with a city and with a franchise, right? Giannis is Milwaukee. Giannis is the Bucks. I've said too often, the NBA is is, is getting a vibe of, of hired guns. You have these players that, that walk around and they chase championships, right? And they switch from team to team. And for fan bases that are expected to buy in, buy season tickets, Right, pay for cable so I can watch Fox Sports Wisconsin. Right, get invested and watch these games and get excited about a team. Sorry, I don't cheer for laundry. I, I cheer for the players. And if the players change every year because they just run around looking for the best chance to get a championship, like what are we what are we doing? Right? And, and players like this who make decisions like this, they just empower fan bases. Right, and they encourage more passion, more commitment from fans, which ultimately is going to lead to more money for the league, which makes the league better which means these teams are better, and it just it's a constant cycle of improvement. One player like Giannis staying in his home market make all the difference in the world. And it is already making the, the biggest difference in the world, right, to be loyal. And I like what he said. You're not guaranteed a championship anywhere, which also I think is Giannis commenting on the state of the rest of the league. There, w- there wasn't really another amazing destination for Giannis to go that would improve him, improve the league, improve a team. Like, Miami's already good. Toronto's good. Boston's good. Philly's good. Both L.A. teams are good. Denver's good. Houston's good. What? Where do you want him to go, right? Why not Milwaukee? And when I spoke with, who did I speak with on, on uh, Justin? We spoke with Justin Garcia yesterday. I think he made an amazing point. Giannis was asking the Bucks to show him a reason to leave, not to show him a reason to stay. Giannis wanted to stay all along. Wants to stay in Milwaukee. He doesn't want to leave. He likes it here. He needed to see a reason to leave, not a laundry list of reasons to stay, right? And the Bucks didn't show him a reason to leave. They, they, didn't show that they were cheap, that they were inactive. They went and got Drew Holiday, right? They're serious about contending. And what Giannis said a couple of minutes ago, right? We've lost the last two years. We've come up short. And we might come up short again. In fact, we probably will. Pat Riley, when LeBron James left Miami, said, look, only one team can win every year. 
It's unbelievable to expect these superstar players and these teams to win every year. LeBron, Wade, and Chris Bosh had four years together. They won twice. That's 50. You won championships 50% of the time. And yet LeBron ended up leaving Miami and that team broke up and, and they were kind of dismissed because they couldn't win. Oh, well, he lost to the Mavericks. Well, the Mavericks were a good team. Lost to the Spurs. Spurs were a good team. Pat Riley, when LeBron left, he said, this is unbelievable, right? My star player and my team loses once. They lose once after winning back-to-back the year before and, and we're going to break this up. Only one team can win every year. And it's that realization that I, that I think no players understand, that no coaches, no, certainly nobody in the media understands. We've been killing James Harden for years. He's come up short. Okay, only one team can win it every year. We've been killing Giannis for the last year and a half because his team comes up short. Well, Giannis is improving. The Bucks are improving, right? Only one team can win it every year, right? And as much as we celebrate the one team that pulls it off, we rip on every other team that comes close because they come close, right? The LeBron, the LeBron losing in the finals, that narrative is, I, I think, the worst. Right, we're going to rip on, on LeBron for losing in the finals. Well, what did his teams look like in those finals? They weren't very good. LeBron should be praised for getting as close as he did and being in the mix like that. Right, and I'm no LeBron fan. You know this. I'm not a diehard LeBron fan. Right, he, he annoys me a good amount of the time. But I get it. Pat Riley got it in Miami, and I think Giannis gets it, as he said. It might take a couple more years, but we're going to get there, and I'm going to do my best, and Milwaukee's going to do their best too, which is why he stayed. All right, one final answer from Giannis that makes me love him more than all these answers combined. Uh, he was asked if he has intentions to recruit, right? How active are you going to be in convincing other players to come to Milwaukee? Seems like a harmless question. Giannis said, well, not really, not at all. And that caught me off guard. But his reasoning is, it's amazing. I love Giannis. I love Giannis so much. And I want to share this with you coming up next. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. <laughs> Wisco Sports Show, final segment. Appreciate you hanging out and tuning in. Barreling towards the weekend at breakneck speed. Going to be an amazing sports weekend. Saturday is going to be excellent. Sam Amick of The Athletic reporting just a couple of minutes ago on Twitter. TMZ reporting on Monday a detailed lawsuit filed by Johnny Wilkes alleging that Jerry West owed him two and a half million bucks for his role in helping the Clippers land Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, that's kind of spicy. Right, one team executive bribing another. Hey, get Kawhi here. I'll pay for it. Hmm, interesting. Just a little piece of break news. Sam Amick, that seems noteworthy. Certainly interesting. If it was the Bucks, well, then it's it's cap. It's it's a lie. It's no big deal, but it's another team, so we can have fun with it. 608-796-2558. Mitch in Madison says Giannis is our Dirk. It seems too good to be true, but that's seeming like the case. Yes, Mitch. Trish says, I'm listening to... Uh, listening Grant, just busy doing some boring housework. Thrilled for Giannis and the Bucks. Very excited for the Packer game. Also, have fun tomorrow. I'll be here for you and Hunter then too. Yeah, I'm filling in for Dave Carney here in Lacrosse in the morning. Madison listeners, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hunter's last show. Hunter's moving on. Uh, and I will let him uh, talk about where he's going. But yeah, this is this can be the last time he's on WK2I tomorrow morning. So previewing the Packers, talking Bucks, obviously, uh, and talking Badgers as well. Before we wrap up the show, Giannis was asked in his press conference, this is tucked in here, and you might have missed it if you weren't listening really, really closely. Giannis was asked if he's going to recruit, if, if he is going to 
put in all the effort to get other players to come to Milwaukee. This is his answer. And he thought about it for a second. And this answer makes me love Giannis maybe more than anything he said yesterday. How active do you intend to be to uh, players and, and build up the Bucks and sell them on Milwaukee and its chances? As a, you know, as an athlete, I just try to focus on what I can do on the court. And uh, I know they're going to do the best job, and I, I trust them. They've done they've done an unbelievable job in these past two years, and uh, I know they're going to keep, keep keep up the good work. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to be active. Like that's something that I, I don't want to do um, because that involves a lot of people's life and uh, my teammates' lives, and I try to stay away from that. So he doesn't want to recruit. He doesn't want to get people to be traded to Milwaukee, demand a trade, or come in free agency because that impacts their life and impacts the life of their family, their kids, their wife. That impacts his teammates. He doesn't want to see any of his teammates traded because of something Giannis says or wants. Giannis realizes the power he has, right? And I'm, I'm trying to think. We only have about 40 seconds left of the show. I'm trying to think if I want to turn this into a segment to rip on LeBron, who loves doing that kind of thing, and I just don't think we have time. So tomorrow... We will talk about Giannis not wanting to recruit because he doesn't want to mess up the lives of his teammates, other players, or their families. Kids got to go to school, right? The wife, the family, they got to have jobs. They got to have a life too. Giannis doesn't want to be a part of that. He just wants to play. He wants to do his job, right? So we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. And in the meantime, we will also use that as a way to rip on LeBron James because LeBron loves doing that kind of thing. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you just got to rip on LeBron, right? We have to meet our quota of occasionally ripping on LeBron. We do it to... Tom Brady, we do it a lot to Russell Wilson on this show, and we have been proven correct the last couple of weeks. Hasn't it just been wonderful? It's been amazing. I love being right. And uh, we'll be more about Giannis tomorrow. We'll talk about LeBron a little bit, and naturally we'll preview the Packer game as well. We're going to talk to our good friend Perry Goldstein of Cheesehead TV. She is the best, and I'm excited to talk to her. Of course, Badgers, Bucks, all that. Coming up tomorrow, same time, same place, here on the Wisco Sports Show. Talk to you then.